Hey everyone, welcome back to Count It All Joy. Thank you all for taking the time to listen to our testimonies on the last episode. We got a really positive response and people that reached out saying that they related to our stories and we're so grateful for that. Today for our third episode, we'll be starting to dive into the individual Enneagram types, talking about Enneagram 2s, 3s, and 4s. before we get started, we wanted to talk about kind of how the typing process works and how to go about finding out your own type. First, it's important to understand that discovering your type isn't necessarily going to be a one and done process because it takes a lot of exploration and studying and looking into the different types in order to really determine and nail down your type. I know a lot of people who have shifted between two or three different types and trying to figure out and decipher which one of those fits them the best. Yeah, and I think also there's different ways to kind of find your type depending on who you are because I know that some people like tests work okay and they find their types if by taking an Enneagram test, but some people I think when they're answering the questions and filling out the questions, they answer to what they want themselves to be instead of what they actually are. And so then you can easily get mistyped that way. So for me, when I took a test, I got a five and I've stuck with that and felt that it was true for like over a year now. But I know people who take the test and get something completely different from what they actually are considered to be or what they yeah I know what they are yeah when I took the test I was a three which isn't that far-fetched because I do share a lot of qualities that threes have but once I found out I was a seven because Gentry actually told me she thought I was a seven and then I looked more into that um I like knew that that was my type because it was word for word exactly described to me Maddie, the thing about you is I could definitely see you being a three based on your behaviors, but I don't think that that's what motivates you to like make choices and actions. I don't think you're, you're not somebody who I see as concerned about their image and like how they're perceived by others, which is really common in the, this triad that we're going to talk about today and especially for threes, but you are a very motivated, um, achiever type person. However, like seven fits you so much more based on like what motivates you. Yes. And I feel like I've realized that I'm not as competitive as I thought I was. I think I just like became super competitive because like sevens are like known for not wanting to miss out on things. And I think it was like the success that I didn't want to miss out on. Mm, If that makes sense. I kind of think I've realized that. And that's why a lot of my behaviors are the same as the threes. Yeah. And a lot of your interests like running and, um, your career like aspirations make you come off as this really success-driven person. And you are, but I think that you have so much more of a desire to like have fun and enjoy life than to be successful, would you say? Yeah, I agree. So when you're determining your type, you could find it uh, out like right off the bat, or it could be something that takes a little bit more searching and discovery Uh, So we will mention and list some good 
uh, quiz options to take. Uh, but when you get the results for that, I would take your top two or three results and look into those a little bit further. And then reading the descriptions and explanations for each type, you might find that you connect with one more than the others. Otherwise, there's a lot of really good podcasts and books that are really helpful for determining your type. I know one of my favorite Enneagram-related podcasts is type, it's called Typology by Ian Cron. And he's also the author of The Road Back to You, which is like a super popular Enneagram book. His podcast is just super informational. And he usually goes and interviews people of all these different types. And they're usually like Christian um, authors, pastors, all these like different sorts of people. And he talks to them about their personality and about their type. And it's a really good way to like make advancements in your understanding because you're making connections with these people and with like their motivations and behaviors. And it helps you kind of remember the types better is what I would say. Yeah. And then there's one more I'll kind of plug into here is, is called Living Enneagram. So the Enneagram, the nine types are separated into three different triads. Today we're starting with the heart triad, which is also sometimes referred to as the shame or image triad. Um, and this consists of the types two, threes, and fours. Well, preparing for this podcast, we talked to quite a few people that we know that are twos, threes, or fours just to help us so that we're not feeding into the stereotypes and we're hearing from actual people who are those types. So we kind of know their experiences and we can kind of plug those into this podcast throughout. Um, I noticed, especially when I was talking to some of these people that I just think so differently from this, like my thinking is so different from this triad. Because uh, fives are often pretty disconnected from emotion. And I mean, kind of same thing with sevens. Yeah, uh, sevens definitely too. Yeah. And the especially twos and fours are so intact with their emotions that I don't feel like I have very good perspective on what it would be like to be a two or the emotional aspect of a four. So talking to people was like almost essential in order for me to talk more about this because I know the facts and these types but I don't necessarily know what it would be like to think from the mind of a two three or four. So we will start by talking about twos which are also called the helpers. Yes yeah, so each type is focused on their internal motivations and usually consists of a core or basic fear, and then a basic desire. So the basic desire of a two is to feel loved, and the basic fear is of being unwanted or unworthy of love. So I personally know quite a bit of twos. I don't know why, but two of Gentry's sweet mates from this past year were twos, I yeah. think. And so twos yeah. definitely. Well, I've lived with twos. Um, which is really helpful for me because they're so different from me and they pushed me to be like a lot more considerate of others. And that is something like, you know, that the contrast between our personalities was so interesting, but the, it just created this really cool dynamic and taught me a lot. Twos are known for being very caring and interpersonal. 
I think one of the most distinguishing traits of twos is just their thoughtfulness and generosity and just willing to be of help almost at any time, whether, you know, it's for their good or not. This obviously could come with some issues, though. Uh, Being so willing to help is great, but sometimes it comes at the expense of their own well-being. Some strengths of twos. So I was talking to one of my closest friends about what her strengths are and I thought it was so funny because her initial response was I'm really bad at questions like this and for a two it makes total sense like you don't want to recognize your own strengths because you're so you're so willing to like tell other people about their strengths and how amazing they are but like you can't acknowledge your own strengths but after I talked to her for a little bit I was like kind of telling her what I thought some of her strengths were. And since I know her really well, it was like easy for me to point these out. We established that one really good thing for twos is that they can connect with almost anybody and they're so comfortable around meeting new people and then especially like their friends and stuff. They can just like strike up a conversation so well. Um, They find common ground with like everybody. Um, regardless of their differences, universal understanding of other people and desire to get to know them better and encourage them and support them. And not only are they good at this, but this is like something that fulfills them as well. Yeah, I think it's really important to recognize. Absolutely. I feel like personally, like my connection to twos, I feel like I don't know if this is everyone, but once you know someone's a two, I feel like I automatically have this sense of trust in them just because I know they have so many people's best interests in mind because mm-hmm. um, they are so concerned for others. Um, but yeah, that can also obviously be a problem and we can get into some weaknesses as well because you can care too much and obviously that can get away if you're putting your identity in other people mm-hmm. and uh kind of getting nervous about what people think of you too much. I would say that self-esteem and like self-image and one's perception of their self would be very much influenced by being a two because that is so important to them that they're doing anything that they can to make themselves feel better or like their whole perception of their self is, oh, well, how do other people see me? What do other people think about me? So this a lot of times causes them to do things and make choices that are what other people want them to do rather than maybe seeking what they want to do. It can lead to problems like not being able to say no, you know, submitting to what other people want and not seeking your own interests and desires. Putting other people's happiness before your own. Being needed and wanted is so important to them that if they don't have that, they don't really have a sense of identity. So I was also listening to this podcast by Ian Cron, and he was interviewing another two, and he put it really wisely. He said that a healthy or an unhealthy two is somebody who needs to be of help to another person, and then a healthy two is somebody who is available for help to another person, and I really liked that rephrasing of the type because it explains how yes twos are known as helpers but it's not their entire identity and we can't like place our entire identity in how other people see us 
Yeah. And I think that's important to keep in mind throughout when you're talking about every single Enneagram, um, because it's just important not to put your identity in your Enneagram at all, no matter who you are and what your Enneagram is, because you, your identity should be in Christ alone. And if we put our identity in our Enneagram type, which I think is one of the biggest dangers of the Enneagram, uh, it can be very limiting. So if I know I'm this type and I keep trying to fit into this type and only feed into the skills of this type, then I'm not really able to grow as a person and I'm limiting myself to the qualities and characteristics of this one particular type of person. but yeah, each person yeah. has elements of every single type, and we need to cater to each of those and grow in each of those. Yeah, and I feel like if you do put your identity in your type, another reason it's an issue is it because it can almost be used as an excuse. Like, mm-hmm. if you feel called to go up and talk to this person, you're like, "Oh no, I'm a this enneagram. We don't we're." we don't go up and talk to people like Mm -hmm. that can definitely definitely be an issue because God does not care what your Enneagram is like call you what you're called to do I think that's such an important distinction to make and we want to clarify that as much as possible because although we are putting a lot of emphasis on the Enneagram it's not because God cares about our Enneagram type it's because we're just trying to provide another means of getting to know ourselves better in order to understand our identity in Christ better. So elaborating a little bit more on the twos. So we also want to talk about how each type might want to spend their own free time because it is a little bit of a unique perspective on the type. I would say that most twos would look forward to some kind of social social interaction throughout the day. That is probably going to be the highlight of their day, spending time with friends, doing something, Uh, with their family, Uh, anything that involves other people is going to be a two's, like, favorite thing. However, there are extroverted and introverted twos, so we don't want to make a huge generalization and say that they all want to be with other people, but that is a very common thing with twos. I feel like there's, like, a lot of types that, like, tend to be extroverted or introverted, but doesn't mean they have Mm. to be. So, like, you, like, I know for sevens, like, um, they tend to be extroverted, but, like, just because you're introverted doesn't mean you're a seven, so. Mm-hmm. I would also say that twos are probably the most similar type to sevens in the sense that they really um, seek to, they really seek enjoyment. Would you, does that make sense? I feel like they're both people people I don't know how to work yeah there I think that twos and sevens I would say are usually some of the most extroverted types the most um willing to be around and willing to partake in activities these like Mm -hmm. okay twos and sevens are your yes men like if you ask them to do something they're probably gonna say say no like you're almost always gonna say yes to anything like that is so true yeah Whereas the other, we can talk about other types more, but um, yes. twos and sevens. So I could see people miss, like a two mistyping as a seven and vice versa. 
Yes, I actually have a friend who thought she was a two for a really long time, but it turns out she's a seven. So I think those two okay. are easy to yeah. mistype. Okay, so let's move on to threes. So Maddie, you said you mistyped as a three. We talked a little bit about that, but do you think there is any other reason you're mis- maybe mistyped as a three? I'm a very goal-driven person, and so that's one reason I thought I was a three, but I think it's also, I've realized a lot that you can share qualities with other Enneagram types without really being that Enneagram type, so I think it was mostly the goal-driven, and I thought, okay, this like doesn't make sense saying this, but I think I thought I was more competitive than I actually am, mm-hmm. um, but I think I compete more with myself, if that oh, makes yeah, sense. That's very true. Um, than with other people. So, yeah, and then I kind of just realized I fit in more with a seven. So, mm-hmm. but yeah, I think it was definitely the goals that kind of made me yeah. think I was. So a three is the achiever. Their basic desire is to feel valuable and worthwhile, and I would add to that seeking success and validation from others, and their basic fear is of being worthless or failing. So my mom is a three, and she just embodies a three, like, to an insane level. She took a test, and her result was a three, and I felt so silly because I kept thinking she was a six or a two. And when she got a three, I was like, duh, like, of course she's a three. But I had this stereotype in my head that threes were these, like, big-headed people. And that's so false. Like, that's so not true. But I guess I just had just totally neglected to consider that maybe she was a three. But then once I started thinking about her daily routine and the way she approaches her work and her priorities, they all aligned so much with a three. I my cousin who I'm really close with is a three and then I have another good friend that's a three and I feel like overall threes threes are one Enneagram type that once you realize their motivations and kind of that they're wired like a three it I think it makes you accept them more because like sometimes I think it can be frustrated when someone like you all, everyone knows those people that make everything a competition and they have to be the best at everything. And you're like, uh, and I feel like I used to be one of those people and that's another thing I relate to and it can be like exhausting, but like, I think that's one of them. Like you just like, once you accept it, you can really love them for who they are. I feel the same way. Like, my mom and I are really close, but our personalities do clash sometimes, and I think that's because she's so she's so strict with, like, her regiment. Uh, not that I don't have, like, a routine or schedule, but she's, like, so in tune with her everyday routine, and anything that, like, breaks this routine, she gets very upset about. My mom wakes up at, like, unreasonable hours. During the school year, she wakes up at like 4.30 every morning to work out. And then she's at work by 7 o'clock. And she gets home at like 4 o'clock and works for a little bit more and maybe goes on a run. And it's not until 
like six or seven at night that she finally stops for the day and like lets herself chill out a little bit. Um, but she's just always seriously always I feel like threes are just always striving for to be better. That's definitely I think a lot of the times a good thing but it can also I feel like just like anything it can also be a bad thing um just because I talked to a couple threes and a lot of their strengths have to do with the fact that they're always pushing to make themselves better and always working really hard towards that. I would say their biggest weakness is very similar to the twos um, which makes sense because they're also in the shame triad or like image triad and that they are very like concerned about how they're perceived by others. One of the people I talked to there talking about like even like looks, smarts, anything, they're constantly comparing you to talk to. They were talking about how whether it's looks, smarts, or just anything, they're constantly comparing themselves to other people, which can obviously play a major role on kind of your mental status. I do think something really important to mention about threes is, I guess I, like I mentioned earlier, I just had a very um, stereotypical or like biased view of who threes were. And I think it's really important to know that they're not um, impersonal people. Rather, I think that they are really good at forming relationships and uplifting and motivating other people. Um, In fact, like I would say that's one of their strengths. I think for the longest time, though, I just had this idea that threes were only people who kind of cared about themselves and wanted to further their own agenda, but that's just really not the case. Something else that I thought was interesting as I was kind of looking into some classic three behaviors in um, someone I was talking to, that's a three, she was talking about how if she could change something about her Enneagram type, it would be that once she's constantly striving to be the best or to impress others, that she could that she could change that thinking so that she could be the best for her own happiness and not to impress others. So kind of kind of shifting that thinking a little bit so that she's not constantly working just to impress other people because it's also important to do things for yourself in that way. I think that could be really important for a three, like a really important practice to implement into their lives is like making a conscious effort to seek success for your own fulfillment and not for the approval of others. I feel like when we seek the approval of others, it's really hard to also seek God because we're not, we're seeking, um, approval from the world and worldly standards. Also just want to add in there, threes I feel like are also known a lot of the time to be really spunky and fun. It's not just always like trying to mm-hmm. impress others. So I think threes are really fun to be around a lot of the times, which I guess like all types are. Like I'm not just saying, mm-hmm. you know, but um, I think they're known for that also. And mm-hmm. they're a lot of the times they're really social as well. So mm-hmm. just to add pieces into. Next, we will be moving on to fours, which are also known as the individualists. Fours are really interesting to be around for me. I just met a couple fours this past year. And I actually have like two really close friends. One's a four and one's a six. 
And four is one of those who's really in tune with their emotions a lot of the times. And six is, which we'll get into in future episodes, they are known to think a lot through things. And so I made a joke one time. I was like, I think it's really good for me to be friends with fours and sixes because fours think a lot and or fours feel a lot and sixes think a lot and I don't do either, which like is totally feeding into stereotype of a seven. But because we do think. But (laughs) anyway, so we'll get into talking more about a fours. So a four is referred to as the individualist. Um, Their basic desire is to find themselves and their significance in the world. And their basic fear is not having an identity or a lot of times I see it as like not being unique or like set apart. Um, I actually have a four wing. However, I am not, I don't think my four wing comes from my emotional capacity because my emotional capacity is very low. (laughs) I don't feel a lot. However, I do think I have a very strong desire to be different, and I don't like conformity. I don't like I guess I also think that I have, I lean towards the four wing because um, I'm very like expressive and I'm very in tune with other people's emotions is maybe what I want to say. While I'm not super emotional myself, I am very conscious of like how other people feel and I'm very in tune with reading other people and at least I strive to be. I don't know how like good of a job I do at that, but that's something that is like really important to me is... um, understanding other people and being aware of their feelings and emotions and I feel like that's really common for fours which is really cool because they're able to relate to people a lot like I know with the fours I know I always feel comfortable telling them exactly what I'm thinking because they just find a way of relating to you and making Mm -hmm. you feel accepted which is so good at being vulnerable and just like honest and open I think it's really interesting for me because, like, we've talked about a lot, like, I tend to not really feel things, Mm -hmm. which I'm working on, (laughs) and they feel things a lot, so, like, things that things that like I don't see as a big deal they get really hurt by so I feel like it's really important to when you're friends with the four to keep a really open communication because yeah they can be very sensitive I think yes and so it's really important to just keep that in mind and again that helps a lot with finding out Enneagrams because I could see myself totally before like kind of getting angry like why is she taking that so hard like why is that um because I'm not someone who really finds a lot of things a big deal yeah yeah so I think that's another really cool thing about learning the Enneagram Mm -hmm. and accepting other people because 
yeah, I've learned to, cause they have really big hearts too, because they feel so much. And I've learned to love that so much about them. And I think we could re easily read their sensitivity as like weakness or frailty. And I think it's important to realize that that's not the case. Um, their sensitivity it, is honestly just a sign of like emotional intelligence and awareness. And, yeah. And I feel like vulnerability too, which is a sign of strength. I think. Yeah, totally. Belonging to the image triad, they're also very concerned about how they're perceived by others. However, they want to be perceived as different or um, having a really strong sense of identity, which I think is really cool. Okay, so as I said before, I have a couple friends I've met this past year at college that are Enneagram 4s, and one of them, when I was talking to her, was talking about not conforming to society's standards and uh, how that's unique to being an Enneagram 4. And she brought up the verse Romans 12, 2 that says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. I just read that. Like, I read that verse and I was like, that's such a perfect verse for fours. Okay, so we talked a lot of, about a lot of strengths of fours, but where do the weaknesses come up? I think a lot this has this ties into the sensitivity is that criticism can be hard to hear and then also something I picked up from talking to a couple of my friends they mentioned that sometimes they can get attached to people or things from deep connections that they form and that can end up hurting them and I think with their emotional depth can lead to a lot of dark uh, feelings and emotions and letting themselves like sink into those moods I guess falling victim to their emotions and letting those take over in the place of logic and uh, rationality maybe I think that their emotional capacity uh, is one of the reasons that fours are often known to be such like creatives and artists and musicians. Um, that their level of emotional understanding, I think, enables them to do these things with a level that a lot of the other types haven't necessarily reached. So I've talked a lot about how it's interesting for me to be friends with fours just because of the fact that they're really in tune with their emotions and I'm not. And so it's really cool because I feel like I've picked up a lot of things from them. Like there was a couple that told me that I need to start journaling and writing down things and they're kind of teaching me how they do that. And it was kind of funny. I had to like use an I had to literally look up an emotion wheel because I didn't know how to describe what I was feeling ever, which is such a seven thing. You know what's um, so funny? On a podcast I was just listening to, the same one I was talking about earlier, it was a an interview with a five, and he was saying his wife that was a two showed him an emotion wheel, and he compared it to looking at the cockpit of an airplane and just, like, having no idea what any of it meant, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's literally me, like, if I was looking at that, I'd be like, I don't know what any of these mean or what any of them feel like. <laughs> uh, 
Well, I feel like before would just have such a good understanding of what everything meant and be able to explain it so eloquently. uh, Yes. And it was so good. It separated it into, like, happy, sad, angry, like, all these. And then it went into, like, smaller emotions. And I was like, okay, I'm like, I think I'm happy right now. (laughs) Um, It was just really funny. I, like, texted my seven friend. I was like, an emotion wheel is (laughs) life-changing. Um... But yeah, so they were kind of the, my four friends are kind of telling me how they do it. And it's just so interesting because they love it and they love to write and express themselves through ways like that. And so I think that's a really cool way um, to kind of learn from other Enneagram types. So we are going to be wrapping up the Enneagram for... So now that we just dove into the heart triad, so the Enneagram 2s, 3s, and 4s, we're going to be wrapping the episode up, and we our next two episodes will be filled with the other two triads, and we'll try and get those posted soon so that um, if you didn't fit into these three Enneagram types, we'll get to you pretty soon. Hopefully, we will have the other triads uploaded within the next week or two so that you can hear about all nine types and get a better understanding of each. But leading up to that, we will post some good resources for finding out what type you might be. We are uh, thinking of you all and praying for you all and hope that everybody who is finishing up school ended the school year on a high note and is preparing for uh, summer. We're so excited to keep making more episodes and thank you guys for listening. See ya!